Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The 2021 MLB season is here, and although the seats may not be full, your bankroll has the chance to be. Ray Hoops Peterson has you covered for every game, every day this season, along with comprehensive analysis and angles for getting to the window while celebrating the walk-off winners and blown saves of what will be a wild season. Now it is time for the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. A warm up for the low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Got a great podcast for you it's in the second segment. We go out to the great state of Wisconsin. That is where we find Tony Bedock of 620 WTMJ. He covers sports. He covers a little bit of everything over there in the great state of Wisconsin. And also a man that has joined this podcast a few times. He does a great job of being able to track the Brewers while also being an Atlanta Braves fan. So we're going to catch up with him, get a little bit of a look as to how in the world the Braves have gotten to the World Series, get a little bit of an outlook on what we can expect from both teams as well. And then in the final segment, I'm going to be giving you guys just a little bit in general on this series. We're going to take a look at the series price. going to give you some initial thoughts on Game 1. I'm going to have a little bit more of a full Game 1 breakdown on the podcast tomorrow, so have no fear there. We're going to dive into it today, and we're going to expand upon that tomorrow. So we've got our plan of attack there. And this is a podcast that's dedicated to things. Making guys just more informed about baseball in general and making guys money. So if you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you'll have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind the letters EM. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send those into the timeline. And the other way is via an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. 
Really didn't get into many Twitter questions today as I wound up talking a lot about why I don't wind up diving into more of these, shall we say, ancillary markets, more of these just random player props that we typically see wind up popping up in the World Series with our good friend Sharky Waters Nation yesterday. So we got you guys all covered there. But if there is something that pops up during the World Series, always do fire those in and I will get those answered for you guys because, well, we don't have a whole lot of game breakdowns left as we've got at most seven games to break down at minimum four games breakdown but I think that this is going to be a great World Series I certainly don't see either team being able to get a sweep I'm sure that our good friend Tony Bedock does not either so we're going to be chatting with him on the other side getting a little bit of a lay of the land of this series and just finding out how the Braves have gotten here in general that's up next right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas with the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peters, and it is great to be joined by our guest as this is a podcast that absolutely loves gentlemen from the great state of Wisconsin. And it's the man I went to college with over there at UW Oshkosh as we've got Tony Bedock on the podcast. He does a terrific job taking a look at a little bit of everything, does some work over there with 620 WTMJ covering all things Wisconsin sports and also as a fan of the Atlanta Braves. So we've got a nice combination there. I'm sure that he had a little bit of a fascinating rooting interest when it came to that Braves versus Brewers series. But this guy does an absolutely terrific job taking a look at a little bit of everything. And to be able to follow Tony on Twitter, that is at TBetOct10. That last name is spelled B-E-T-T-A-C-K. And Tony, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Always happy to be here, Greg. Always great to have you aboard. And it is great that... We've got the Braves and the Astros all set for the World Series. And I mentioned it. You're a guy that you've been keeping track of this team all year long. And last time we had you on this podcast, early September, it seemed like things were turning around for the Atlanta Braves. But what have you made out of this recent run? Because I think that this is the poster child example of why teams should not wind up thinking as to whether or not they should go for it at the trade deadline. Because no question, this is an Atlanta Braves team that they were never as down and out of it as say, the Baltimore Orioles, for example. But (laughs) if you take a look at most examples, a lot of teams probably would have said, you know what, Ronald Acuna Jr., he is out for the year. Let's just get healthy, go for it in 2022. And because they wanted making so many acquisitions at the trade deadline, all of those have come up, in my opinion, very big here in the postseason. And they're right here in the postseason in the World Series with the chance to be able to win a title. Yeah, that's right. And I'll be honest, I, I am one of the most optimistic fans of the teams that I root for. Even at the trade deadline, I was one who was skeptical whether they should go all in. I mean, this team was floundering around well below 500 for most of the first half of the season. All the credit goes to Alex Anthopoulos, what he was able to do retooling the outfield and by not giving up very much for those acquisitions. I mean, Eddie Rosario acquired for Pablo Sandoval, acquiring Adam Duvall for Alex Jackson, who is, I mean, a catcher who really couldn't really show anything hitting at the major league level. And then going out and acquiring jo- likes of Jock Peterson and Jorge Soler. And you look at all of those names that they did acquire at the deadline. I mean, Eddie Rosario was hurt at the time. He came on a little bit stronger. And lo and behold, he's the NLCS MVP. So every move that Alex Anthopoulos made at the trade deadline is really proving to 
be fruitful here as we get to the postseason. And and that's really what makes this team a little bit different than Braves teams that we saw in the past. I know you had the whole narrative that uh, they had a 3-1 lead in the 2020 NLCS over the Dodgers. You thought, oh, maybe this could happen again once the Dodgers came away and stole Game 5. It is a different feel with this Braves team. You're without uh, your sluggers that you expected to have at the beginning of the season in Ronald Acuna and Marcelo Zuna. Thought you'd be able to get some contribution pitching from Mike Soroka. He ultimately was never able to make it back this season. It is just a different feel with what the Braves have been able to do and you're getting some lights out pitching performances uh, not even from your starters but also from the bullpen and we saw that from Tyler Matzik, AJ Minter as well as Will Smith shutting the door so they've gotten a little bit of everything and lo and behold they took down a Brewers team who I thought was one of the top contenders in the NL and then he took down a 106 win Dodgers team so it's been impressive so far to say the least. Oh I'm right there with you on Tyler Matzik as well you take a look at what he's been able to do really ever since the beginning of the month of July and this guy's been lights out wound up having Post All-Star break right around a two-ish ERA. That has really manifested itself here in the postseason, being able to get those outs in the seventh inning. I feel like other than the Eddie Rosario home run, that was the biggest moment that mm-hmm. we wound up seeing in that entire series, as we do have Tony Bedock on the podcast. And I think that that's going to be the Braves' biggest advantage going into this series against Houston Astros. I do give them a little bit of a pitching edge when it comes to the starters, just because you do have a little bit of a banged-up situation with Lance McCullers Jr., no doubt from Valdez and Luis Garcia. We're able to come on for the Astros, but I take a look at this bullpen, and having a guy in Tyler Madzik, A.J. Minter, who you mentioned, he was able to pitch a pair of scoreless settings in some of those crucial games against the Dodgers. He wanted to come in big. Heck, even Jesse Chavez has been able to do a yeah. nice job throughout the postseason. And I think that this is where the Braves are really going to need to shine because really, sans Luke Jackson, who he's been good all year long. He just had a cataclysmically bad <laughs> series against the Dodgers. This has really been a solid bullpen. Yeah, that's something I never really thought I would be saying in the month of October. You mentioned Luke Jackson, and the problem with Luke, too, in the two NLCS games, he got roughed up a little bit. He didn't necessarily make bad pitches. That one to Bellinger, I mean, that's well above belt high, and I mean, you just got to put a tremendous swing on that to give up there. So you just worry a little bit mentally where Luke Jackson is, because he did turn in quite the heck of a regular season. AJ Minter, for whatever reason, he's been lights out in the postseason, not only this year, but also last year. He showed up in a big spot, notably when he opened up uh, one of the games of the NLCS. And then you look at just, I mean, what the Braves are able to do with their lefty relievers. In the postseason so far, they've allowed only two earned runs on nine hits in over 24 innings pitch. So they're getting very big contributions and they're guys that you can really trot out there, especially this time of year. You're going to go with uh, your big arms in the pen. So that's been a strength with the Braves so far. And they're going to need it too, because I do give the slight edge, at least lineup wise. I think the Houston Astros are tremendously balanced up and down the lineup. So they're really going to need their arms to come up big, and hopefully the Braves lineup can do just enough to give them enough support. I agree with you, and when it comes to that lineup as well, we're talking about some of the trade deadline acquisitions, and no question, some of these guys wound up being able to mesh really well with the guys that were already there, Austin Mm -hmm. Riley along with Freddie Freeman. Both of these guys, I wouldn't be surprised if they both wind up finishing up in the top five in the MVP voting, but neither guy wins it just because they probably yep. wind up canceling each other out. They just, if you take a look at it, had pretty much the exact identical <laughs> stat line. So I mean, that's really a tough situation. But the real big guy in the postseason has been Eddie Rosario. He tied an MLB record for most hits in any sort of a series with 14. And everyone else that had done it before him, had seven games to be able to do it. He wound up doing it in six. He wound up having that big home run in game six. I wound up sending the team to the World Series. And 
where in the heck has this come from, Tony? Because, I mean, I remember watching him with the Minnesota Twins a little bit this year with the Cleveland Indians. You could tell that he wasn't necessarily a great fit with Cleveland, but you always thought, yeah, very solid player with the Minnesota Twins. No question. A guy that's going to give you professional at-bats. He's going to give you a couple home runs here and there. I never thought we would see anything quite like this. Oh, man. No, not at all. You acquire him for Pablo Sandoval. You're thinking, okay, very <laughs> solid, consistent bat. He performed well with the Twins. He was a target from a lot of reports that the Braves did have this past offseason. They were burned a little bit that he signed with Cleveland, but they end up acquiring him anyway because he really is just a good fit, and you can pretty much plug him anywhere in the lineup. If it's a righty on the mound, you can bet he's going to be leading off. Uh, Lefty, you can bump him down in one of the five or six hole spots in your lineup. It doesn't seem to phase him no matter what he is facing, a righty or a lefty, but what stands out to me too is just his calm demeanor when he's up in one of the biggest situations of the entire postseason especially that at bat against Walker Bueller before delivering that decisive three-run home run just how calm he was and he was following off a lot of the hard stuff that Bueller had granted Bueller was working on three days uh, short rest for his start but just put a tremendous swing on it and they try to go down and in he barreled it up and you just almost had that feeling like he was going to come through with a big hit and another notable thing about that situation you got to give credit to manager Brian Snitker. When Travis Darno made it on base with two outs, he decided to send up Ariadne as a pinch hitter and remove Ian Anderson after just four innings. So credit him. Adrianza doubled and set it all up for Rosario, who came up big, and that proved to be the difference in the series to send the Braves into the World Series. And I'm so glad that you bring that up, as we do have Tony Bedock joining me right here on the podcast. Does a great job over there with 620 WTMJ. Covers a little bit of everything over there in the great state of Wisconsin. And when I take a look at this Astros versus Braves World Series, I feel like the two teams I wound up getting here have been the two best managed teams throughout the mm. postseason because Dave Roberts did an absolutely terrible job <laughs> of being able to manage his pitching staff because he wound up using Max Scherzer in Game 5, which I didn't necessarily hate because, well, it's a Game 5. You need to win that game or else your season's done. I can understand using Max Scherzer there, but... Julio Arias being used in game two made no sense whatsoever. Yeah. You had a two-run lead. I mean, a bullpen that it was number two in the big leagues with regards to ERA. So it's not like he was trying to get here with a case like we saw with the Washington Nationals in 2019. Bullpen was all year, was bad all year long, so they wound up putting Patrick Corbin in there, and they just had to try to piecemeal it together because there was nobody that you had any faith in whatsoever. That was not the case at all for the L.A. Dodgers, and it wound up costing them. We wound up seeing the Boston Red Sox do that with Nathan Eovaldi. There's mm-hmm. a strike three call that many people out there in the <laughs> great city of Austin are always going to be second guessing, but still, I argue that he should not have been out there in general, but I look at both of these teams with the Braves and the Astros, and I wouldn't necessarily say that the managers have went out there and they've just put yeoman's work into it, but at the same time, what they've done a good job of is not necessarily overly managing. They haven't necessarily strayed away too much from what they would do in a normal regular season game. I think that that's really just proved to be the best approach because we're seeing a lot of these managers in this postseason doing a little bit too much, and Dusty and Snicker have not done that. Yeah, and maybe it might have something to do with they are the more traditional style of your manager that you might have seen a decade ago or even a little bit further down the line. And they're pushing just enough of the right buttons. You mentioned it. You hit the nail on the head when it comes to not over-managing. Kind of trusting the guys that got you here. Obviously, with the postseason, managing it always is a little bit different. Rallies can start with just a base runner, that sort of thing. With Brian Snicker, too, I mean, this is his, they were division champions in 2018. He's had a few cracks at it now. And so I think that experience, even though he's been in the Braves organization for over 40 years, that experience in those big moments 
really does pay dividends. And I think he's pushing all the right buttons without trying to do a little bit too much. And the same with Dusty Baker. I mean, he's got a lot of talent in his team, but he's a guy that you really know what you're going to get. He's a good leader. I mean, just with the Astros and all of the controversy that surrounded him, he's kept the team on the right path. And lo and behold, they're back here in the World Series. It should be a fantastic fall classic this year. I agree with you. And when I take a look at the World Series, I do think that the Astros have a little bit of a leg up. I'm picking them to be able to win the World Series in general. But when it comes to the series, I'd be surprised if either of these teams wind up winning this series in five games or fewer. I think that this is a series that it feels like it's going to go six or seven games because both of these teams, I think they present each other with some good spots. Like you take a look at Charlie Morton going on the road in mm-hmm. game one. I think that there's a good chance that the Braves could be able to pull this one off. Charlie Morton has been one of the best road pitchers in all of baseball. Meanwhile, you take a look at the flip side for the Houston Astros. This is a team that they lead the major leagues with regards to runs per game. They strike out at the lowest rate on a per at-bat basis of any team out there in baseball as well. So I think that they are probably going to be able to get to the Atlanta Braves bullpen a little bit better than the LA Dodgers did. I don't know what you're necessarily thinking with this, but I do think that regardless of whether or not the Braves or the Astros wind up pulling it off, it's going to be a series in which we're not going to be seeing any sort of a sweep. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so either. I got to agree with you there. I mean, if the Braves can split one in Houston, that's going to be huge for them getting it back home for those three games and getting it more into an NL style type game. But it's really going to, for me, comes down to what they're able to do in terms of limiting that Houston lineup. And it is a potent Houston lineup. And if the bullpen can hold up, I mean, Brian Snicker in each one of their victories, I mean, he's throwing Tyler Matzik out there for multiple innings on some occasions. So you wonder if bullpen fatigue will become any kind of an issue in that regard. Or, I mean, just your spot starts. You do feel good about Charlie Morton. He's been there before. But then you saw Max Fried scuffle a little bit uh, in his last outing. And you're really going to need all of those pitchers. And if the Braves end up going to a bullpen game, that raises other issues. So again, it is going to come down to how well the Braves pitching staff can hold up against a relentless Houston lineup. And if their lineup can do enough against that Houston rotation. So I do think it'll be close. I think it'll likely could go the distance. I don't doubt that at all. And I think home field advantage might come down and be a deciding factor. Yep, and if there is good news for the Atlanta Braves, just taking a look at what Dusty Baker wound up saying in the presser on Sunday, it seems like it's unlikely that we're going to be seeing Lance McCullers Jr. pitch at all during the World Series, so that no question is quite a bit of a big blow to this team as well. So you might wind up seeing the Houston mm-hmm. Astros have to give Zach Greinke a start, and if Zach Greinke gets a start, <laughs> well, that means that they're throwing a bullpen game as well. Right. As well. And it's not necessarily been going so great there, and I think that it's going to be really interesting to see what we wind up getting just with regards to a game flow as well as we do have Tony Bedock joining me on the podcast because we noticed it in both of these championship league series. We wound up seeing quite a few runs in both of them. Obviously, the American League one, you wound up seeing the Astros just rack up a bunch of runs. They mm-hmm. have scored five-plus runs in 12 out of their 13 games this month. And when I take a look at it, due to the concerns that you want to mention a little bit earlier, I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a higher-scoring series. I think that we could wind up seeing a little bit of a lower-scoring game one because you do have Fromber Valdez going up against Charlie Morton, two guys that I think are going to be able to go out there. I think that they're going to be firing out cylinders. But once you get past that game one, I do feel like bullpen fatigue might wind up setting in. You might wind up seeing just a whole bunch of funky matchups that wind up coming through. And 
from there, I think that you could wind up seeing a pretty high scoring series. And I think that's exactly right. We saw the Braves scuffle a little bit with chances to add on some of these big insurance runs, and it almost came back to bite them. So the Braves are going to really have to capitalize in every opportunity. They've been able to get the long ball a little bit, not necessarily as much as they'd like to in that NLCS, but if they can get guys like Adam Duvall back on the right track, if they can get Austin Riley hitting consistently, we know Eddie Rosario is hotter than almost any ball player that there is on the planet right now. They do have the firepower in their offense to keep up potentially. It's just a matter if they're clicking and that's really going to be the question. I agree with you and I do think that we're going to be seeing a great World Series. Like I said, I think that I'm going to have probably a little bit of a different World Series champion than you because I do think that ultimately the Astros are going to be able to pull it off. But I think that we're going to get a tremendous World Series. I think from a betting standpoint, we're going to be seeing a lot of value taking a look at it game by game with both of these teams. I'm sure that you're going to be dialed in on all of the action, Tony. I know that you do a great job of holding things down out there in the great state of Wisconsin, covering a little bit of everything. And hey, the Green Bay Packers are starting to win games once again. Oh, yeah. If you would have listened after week one, you would have thought that the Green Bay Packers <laughs> were dead and were as bad as the Jacksonville Jaguars. But here they are. I know that you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, so things are going swimmingly with that team as well so let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media just everything that you've got going on in general yeah that's right you can follow me on twitter at tbetock10 t-b-e-t-t-a-c-k-1-0 and like you mentioned i give you a little bit of all uh, holding it down uh, news sports everything around wisconsin uh, the city of milwaukee it's always going on i mean you go from the bucks uh, nba finals right into brewers baseball postseason and now we've got packers football and the bucks are starting again so a lot happening in the great state of wisconsin and i'm happy to be a part of it all and do not forget, college basketball is yes. in 15 days of counting. I know you're a fan of Duke. I oh, took yeah. them to be able to win the ACC. you got UW-Milwaukee, who all of a sudden is going to have some excitement. Pat Baldwin Jr., a top-10 recruit, winds up going to the Panthers. So you've yep. got a whole lot going on. It is the cycle of life when it comes to sports. <laughs> Never really a dull day. And Tony takes a look at a little bit of everything. He's joined me a couple times on the podcast throughout the season and always brings it much like he did today. So big thanks to Tony for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast and coming up next. Just going to give you guys a little bit of an overview of what I think we're going to wind up seeing in game one and just where the value might lie in this World Series in general. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. We're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. It is always a pleasure to be able to get Tony Baddock on the podcast. He does a terrific job over there with 620 WTMJ. Also a man that has been dialed in on the Atlanta Braves since day one. So it was great to be able to get him aboard. Now it's that time of the podcast that I just give you a little bit of what we're going to be seeing in this series in general. We're going to be diving more into game one, the side in total, on this podcast tomorrow. And if you're looking at it right now, in a lot of places I'm finding the Astros at right around minus 130, plus 110 on the Braves, assuming that we get Charlie Morton against Framber Valdez and seeing totals anywhere between 8 and 8 and a half. Right now I'm looking at a little bit of an under. I think that there might be a little bit of sneaky value with the Atlanta Braves. We will see how this moves overnight and I'll be giving you guys a little bit more of a breakdown on that and as I did mention with Tony Bedock, I do think that there's going to be value on both teams throughout the series if you're just taking a look at the series price in general. You are finding the 
Atlanta Braves as an underdog overall in the series, and you're finding it all across Vegas. With the Atlanta Braves for the series, you're finding them as good as a plus 130. I'm seeing that at the South Point. A lot of places, they've got more like a plus 120, and that's really the low mark that I'm seeing in a lot of spots. You're finding the Astros right in between about a minus 140 to a minus 150 on the series price, and I did wind up giving out a series price for the New York Post, and I wound up going with the Houston Astros just because I do think that they're going to win the series. I didn't wind up going with anything exotic like Astros in 6, Astros in 5, but if you're looking for those sorts of props, they are certainly out there, and if you're looking at the over-under in the series, that is out there as well. Seems as though bookmakers are agreeing with me via DraftKings. If you're looking at over 5.5 games in the series, that is minus 180. I do think that it's going to be going to either 6 or 7 games, and if you're betting on this going 7 games at DraftKings, it's a plus 200 on over 6.5 games for the series. I'm not necessarily one that's going to advise you on any of these plays, but I would be taking a look at over 5.5, obviously the juice. It's more than I would like to have squeezed out of me in that one, but if you're taking a look at the series in general, the one that I think would probably be a little bit more appealing would be Astros being able to win this in minus one and a half games. So being able to win this in six or fewer, you'd be able to get a plus 130 price because the way that I would view it is I do think that the Astros wind up winning this series in six games and I could very well see it in which you wind up having the Astros perhaps drop game one from Bervaldez against Charlie Morton, assuming that we don't see any changes with that one because if you take a look at the Astros, they are going to be without Lance McCullers Jr. in all likelihood for the entirety of the World Series. That was what Dusty Baker was saying in his press conference yesterday, so that's something that I do take a look at, but at the same time with the Atlanta Braves, they'll probably have to throw out there a bullpen game as well. You've got a guy in Ian Anderson who's been very solid throughout his postseason career, right around a 170 ERA in all of his postseason appearances, but I do think that he can be had by the Houston Astros, an Astros team that they strike out on fewer than 20% of their at-bats. They are the only team in Major League Baseball that has been able to say that, and for the Astros, this is a bunch in which they've scored at least 5 runs in 12 out of their 13 games thus far this month. You take a look at the Braves, I do think that they've got a little bit of advantage when it comes to the bullpen, and it's been very encouraging to see A.J. Minter along Tyler Madsick go multiple innings in some big spots, but you got to figure that those innings are going to start to pile up a little bit as well. If you wind up seeing one of these star-studded starters like a Max Freed or a... Charlie Martin wind up getting into trouble. That's going to hurt them as well. And for the Astros, they have upgraded their bullpen as well. They were pretty much a league average bullpen throughout much of the season, but being able to get in Kendall Graben at the trade deadline, I feel like was very helpful for them. And you just take a look at it. It's up and down the boulevard when it comes to the Houston Astros and their hitting. Even someone like a Chaz McCormick is able to give you some good at-bats. Yuli Gurriel, Michael Brantley did above a 300 during the regular season. Jordan Alvarez, he had 12 hits in that series against the Boston Red Sox. The record for most hits in a playoff series in general. Eddie Rosario is now one of the holders of that moniker. It is for a team, but all the other players other than Eddie Rosario wound up doing that in seven games. And while I love what I've seen out of Eddie Rosario, you got to figure that what comes up also must come down. With Eddie Rosario, I certainly think that he's going to be solid in this series, but to expect him to once again have 14 hits in this series, have the sort of power they wound up showing against the LA Dodgers, I think that that would be a little bit far-fetched as well. Jack Peterson has been playing a little bit over over his head throughout the postseason. Meanwhile, I don't think that the Astros have necessarily been playing as much over their head because you've got so many guys that have been there, done that in the postseason. Jordan Alvarez, 
along with Jose Altuve. You're able to throw in there Alex Bregman, guys like this. I just think that they've got a little bit more experience, and I do think that from a managerial perspective, I give Dusty Baker a little bit more of an edge because with Dusty Baker, the big knock on him in past years has been his bullpen usage just over time. He seems to be doing a great job of being able to have things dialed in. Christian Javier, I feel like might be one of the biggest weapons in this entire series in that he can give the Astros three, four innings if needed. I mean, I could wind up seeing a situation where you wind up having to throw out there Zach Granke for like a two-inning start. You have Javier come in and clean up the mess from there. Jake Odorizzi is someone that wanted doing a little bit of that as well. So I do take a look at this series, and I think that betting it game by game is going to be the most beneficial for you. Like I said, the New York Post came to me, and they wanted to have me give a pick on who I think is going to win the series, and I won with the Astros. I think that they ultimately are going to be able to pull it off. I think that they are going to be able to win this series, but I think that you're going to have a very fascinating series, to say the least. I certainly don't think you're going to be able to get a sweep on either side, and I think after game one, because if we you do wind up getting Morton against Valdez, I think that that'll be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I think that we are going to see plenty of runs in this series, and that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this Monday. Obviously, did not wind up having any games today, but Game 1 of the World Series is tomorrow, and I'll be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, having fewer and fewer days now, but it certainly means that we are getting closer to a title as well, and it also means we're getting closer to college basketball, which is something that I love as well. So if you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson, you're able to subscribe wherever you hear podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you are able to fire those in one of two ways. First way is my Twitter timeline, Ed. GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. Maybe does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. Then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Could be coming at you guys, like I said, every single day throughout the baseball season, which means I'll catch you once again tomorrow with a breakdown of Game 1 on the World Series. So thank you so much for tuning in today, and I'll catch you once again tomorrow.